Welcome to the Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com. Well, good morning, Calvary. It's such a privilege to be with you today and to spend time in worship, spend time in God's Word together. Before I begin the message, I want to say thank you to everyone that helped us in prayer last Monday and Tuesday. We joined with others from across the nation, actually across the world. There's 40 days of prayer going on. Our friend Gideon Stanley and his, and his army called Gideon's Army, that ministry is helping to coordinate the prayers of the saints. And uh, we took our 24-hour period from 8 in the morning last Monday till uh, 8 in the morning on Tuesday. And it was just great to hear people testifying, to, talking about, what, about the prayer times. It was also great to see people here in the prayer room. And even during the night, people spent several hours here praying, if you can imagine, in the middle of the night. And so uh, I just want to say thank you, Calvary. You're such a people of prayer. You respond to prayer. And I am so, so, so grateful for you. Um, Lord, we thank you. You're the one that energizes us, that you're the one that inspires us. Lord, that you help us to know what you're doing so we can get in on it. Lord, thank you for people like our friend Gideon who've obeyed you, who stepped out. Lord, thank you for the, the people in this congregation and, and across the nation, even the earth, as people are joining us from other nations. They, they so love our country and they're praying for our nation. Lord, thank you for raising up prayer for our nation. I know there's many, many prayer movements right now calling us to pray. And Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Father, for what you're praying for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for how you're praying. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. And Lord, we bless this time. We ask you to speak to us now. Would you open our ears to hear? Would you give us eyes to see? And when you open up our hearts to receive what it is that you want to say and do today, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. How are you, how are you and I responding to this opportunity to reset? I want you to keep that question in your heart and in your mind throughout the service today. How are you and how am I, how are we individually responding to this opportunity for reset. Reset is one of the redemptive assignments for the Lord in this season when COVID-19, when racial injustice, when racial unrest, where political divisiveness, when fear and anger have knocked us off our center and knocked us kind of off of our normal game. It's interesting to note that no one saw this pandemic coming, or at least uh, it wasn't prophesied in the body of Christ like we would have expected. That's one of the things that's been a disappointment to me during this whole season that we've been in is the lack of the unity of the voices of church leaders, apostolic ministries, and prophetic voices in declaring what the Lord is doing in the midst of this and how we can respond. As a matter of fact, I just read recently a book by Dean Briggs and he wrote a book called Hindsight 2020, What We Should Have Seen and Where We Go From Here. And in this book, Dean Briggs makes the basic point that no one saw this crisis coming. And more disconcerting, our response to this season of pandemic and crisis has been mixed at best. So I'm going to share a brief excerpt from that book. But I want you to remember today that question. How are you and I responding to this opportunity for a reset? And I want you to remember two other words as we go through the message. 
I want you to remember this word remember and the phrase take courage. Remember and take courage. The point of the message today is that we would remember what our God is doing and what He has done, and we would take courage in Him today. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. As we consider the subject of reset, we're actually today starting a five-week series on reset. What does it look like for us to respond to this opportunity that God is giving us an opportunity that he's giving us that I believe is redemptive. I want everybody to hear me clearly. I don't believe that God is the author of this pandemic, and he's not the author of all that's going on, but my God is right in the middle of it, redeeming and working his will, leading us toward his eternal purposes, if we can see that. And so I want us to consider that. But Dean writes this. If we're accelerating, the question must be asked, towards what? 2,600 years ago, the prophet Daniel announced a future time of acceleration and trouble unlike any that the world had ever known. Unsurprisingly, in Daniel's view, this would not be a time of hiddenness, idleness, or emptiness for the people of God. Instead, instead the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action, or the King James Version says, do exploits. And the wise among the people shall make many understand, or they'll give insight to many. What does that mean to do exploits? Does that simply mean that we'll heal people, raise the dead, and cast out demons like John chapter 14 verse 12 says? Yes, for sure, but there's also another angle. Because this prophecy was directed to a future period of expanding Antichrist influence, other translations say that the people who know their God will firmly resist, the New, American, the New International says, or do everything possible to oppose him, according to the CEV. The context is referencing the Antichrist as a person, but what about the subtle, granular encroachments of the Antichrist system? Are we to wait until those systems sprout in fully toxic fruit? If action is required, how do we act not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit? I don't see any kind of clarity or courage flourishing in the church right now. Do you? Leading prophetic voices have been mixed at best. The church has been greatly divided. Race divides us. President Trump divides us. COVID-19 divides us. BLM divides us. CNN and Fox divide us. This merely restates my premise that our influence has not been marginalized so much as to be revealed as marginal. In the words of William J. Federer from his book, Change to Change, the 6,000-year quest for control, the problem is this, persistence weighs down resistance. Persistence weighs down resistance. So what do we stand for? What and when do we resist? In a war-torn land, what urgent communique do we bring from our king? What is the savor of our salt? What is the brightness of our light? Concerning COVID-19, do we speak up and resist or do we cooperate with containment efforts? Is it merely good citizenship to put on a mask? Or is that symbolic of our voice being muzzled and the privileges of citizenship being compromised? Was Wuhan an accident or is it morphing into something else? On that note, is President Trump still the person to lead our nation? 
regarding racial strife. Is this the moment that white people should mostly listen and empathize, or should kingdom perspectives be proclaimed regardless of skin color? And since black lives matter, and they truly do, does that mean that the movement itself is beyond questioning? At what point do we start drawing some lines in the sand and defining the terms of engagement, framing these complex, complex issues in the language of biblical justice and redemption, leveraging our influence for the renewal of culture? Or is this instead the moment we shift our attention soberly and just anticipate the return of Christ? Do we engage culture or do we wash our hands of it all or focus on buying oil? You see, everything that Dean said in his book I've heard all those perspectives, haven't you? Everybody's speaking from a whole bunch of different perspectives. Yes, we all have a piece of the truth. But what is God saying in this opportunity? What is God saying in this moment? What is He doing? When I read these comments, it, it kind of captured my heart. It kind of an agreement in my spirit. We as the church have been all over the map in our response to this season in which we find ourselves. There are so many divergent opinions, perspectives, and declarations from the body of Christ. And many of us prayed, and many of us hoped that this would be a short-lived interruption, didn't we? And now the days have become weeks and have become months, and we're past six months in dealing with this in our country at this time. But I want you to hear something interesting. Since the outbreak, since the pandemic, since the racial unrest and injustice, in the middle of this, I've begun to hear a consistent message. I begin to hear uh, at, least, at least a harmony of voices saying the same thing. Different church leaders, different apostolic ministries, different prophetic leaders and voices. They say this pandemic is an opportunity to reset, to put First things first. So in trying to give answers and trying to describe what's going on, there's not a lot of agreement. But I want you to know that there has been, over the past six months, a, a commonality that is coming up in saying, the, in the midst of lockdown, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of everything being shaken, this is an opportunity for reset. The opportunity to reset is one of the redemptive purposes of the Lord in this hour. So, I want to ask the question again. How are you and how am I, how are we responding to this opportunity for reset? And that brings me to the purpose of the message today. I am encouraged because the Lord's been speaking to us as a congregation We've been trying to listen to the voice of the Spirit. We've been trying to stay in step with the Lord. And we, I think, that we've been discerning what God's been saying to us to position us for what He wanted to do right now. I'm not saying that we heard what was coming. I'm saying we have a great God, and as we stay in step with Jesus, He's going to get us where we need to be, and He's going to prepare us for whatever will come our way. The Lord is speaking. Reset is one of the redemptive assignments for responding to this season when COVID-19, when racial unrest and racial injustice, political divisiveness, fear and anger have knocked us off of our stride. The Lord has been speaking to us about what? He's been speaking to us about pursuing 
deep intimacy and full partnership with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord began to speak that to us. That's actually our theme for this year. That's our word for this year. But that word began in 2019 when God came and spoke to us as a congregation and said, I want you to return to your first love. And we processed that word. And then we spent from August to December intentionally seeking Lord, what does it mean? How do we respond to you and put you first in our lives? And then COVID hit, and then, bam, a global reset was upon us. So today, let's revisit our journey that we've been on, and I want you to understand the reason why we're talking about this is so we'll remember and we'll take courage. I believe that God wants to speak to us as we remember as we identify the journey that we're on and what he's been doing, and I believe there's an impartation of encouragement, of courage. God wants to put his courage in our hearts. He wants us to know the courage of the kingdom of God. So, rehearsing our story. You'll remember that our word for 2019 as a congregation was the word more. Actually, back in 2017, the Lord had given Pastor Steve a series of messages on the more of God. God gave him these messages, and he began to speak those through the fall season. We had a number of messages talking about from the book of Ephesians that God wanted us not just to have doctrines, not just to have theology, but to experience the living God. And that was being opened up to us from the book of Ephesians. I remember this phrase that Pastor Steve said. He said, if God is a promise maker, is not the mature response for us to be promise takers? Have we been promise takers? So think about it. A lot of times we read the book, we read it for morality, we, we read it for some so maybe devotional thoughts and devotional sentimentality, but the Lord wants to encounter us through his word so that we'll encounter the written word, the living word of God. And he speaks to us. So God has given us promises. And if God is a promise maker, are you and I promise takers? We declared at the first of 2019, as we, as we prayed through that word that the Lord had given to Pastor Steve, and as we prayed through how we responded, we actually felt like in, in 2019 that we were to revisit that word, that we would depress into that word, and we declared that 2019, that there was more of God for us to experience. Our triune God, our infinite God, our eternal one. God wants more of our lives. He actually wants all of our lives, doesn't he? In Matthew chapter 22, it teaches us, Jesus says, he's asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So he just doesn't want us to engage in an intellectual activity or just an emotional activity. He wants us to worship him with everything that we are. He doesn't want us to compartmentalize. He doesn't want us to just give him a part. He deserves all. Even as we were talking about from 1 Peter chapter 2 in that dedication this morning, verse 9. There's more of God for us to experience, and he wants us to have more of him. And he wants more of us. 
If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 17 to 23. Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to follow along in your translation. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know Him through your deepening intimacy with Him. And I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of His calling. That is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that He finds in us, His holy ones. I pray you'll continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted Him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now He is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that's ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And He alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given Him the highest rank above all others. And now, we as church, His body on earth, we are that which fills Him who is being filled by it. So we want to know Him through our deepening intimacy with Him. And I like that phrase that our lives would become an advertisement of the immense power of God as He works through us. So that's what the more of God was about, that we would grow in deepening intimacy and we would experience. When you read a passage like that, you go, Wow, Lord, why would I settle for anything less than all that you've promised, that all you've desired? That our lives would be an advertisement of the immensity of our God, of His presence, and of His power. So the more of God revelation was a current word for us, and we sought to respond accordingly. So what did we do? If you'll remember, in February of 2019, we sought to increase our capacity for connecting with the Lord and for living in awareness of His presence. You see, for instance, God is here right now. Jesus said, whenever two or three gather in my name, there I am also. Are we aware? He's with you. If you're a follower of Jesus, He says, Behold, I am with you always. I will never forsake you and never leave you. Are we aware? So in, in February of 2019, we wanted to work on a skill and we wanted to increase our capacity of awareness for the Lord. So we launched the More of God series and we launched the 60-60 experiment. What we wanted to do was create space for us to encounter our living God. And we declared that we wanted to experience more of God. And especially, we wanted our children, our youth, and our young adults to encounter more of the Lord. 
Then in September of 2019, we looked back and we celebrated. We identified what the Lord had been doing in our midst as we increased our capacity for connecting with Him and growing in awareness. I heard lots of testimonies as people did the 60-60 experiment. What the 60-60 experiment is, in a nutshell, is that during uh, an hour, we want to turn our thoughts toward the Lord uh, Actually, Frank Laubach started this movement years ago, a missionary to Asia, and he didn't want 15 minutes to pass without his heart, his attention, his mind being turned toward the Lord. Have you ever gone through a whole day and you thought, man, I've not thought about God one time. I've not, I've not listened. I've not paid attention. And what we did was we set our little watch alarms or our devices to get our attention to beep, to remind us, focus. Listen, pay attention. You see, we're really good in our prayers of doing all the talking, but one of the gifts of prayer is just to pay attention, just to tune our hearts, just to say, Father, I'm yours. I'm here for you. And so it builds. I heard great testimonies as people said, man, when I practiced that, it taught me a new skill. It, it develops a new spiritual capacity. Some new spiritual muscles were being developed. And then the Lord confirmed that he wanted even more of our lives. And we had a, a conference in March of that year. And at that conference, Apostle Mosi Madaba spoke to us and said, we want to give back, we want to give the Lord back that fiery passion which we had given to him before. And so God kept saying, you're on the right track, you're on the right track. Keep seeking me. I want more. I want you to return to your first love. And then as we processed that word, that word about giving him our fiery passion like before, it became clear that the Lord was already realigning our hearts. I worked with our elders and our, our deacons, our staff, and we prayed through this word, and people's schedules and priorities were already being affected last year, and God was already calling individuals. And so it was just confirmed in the body that this, yes, was what God was doing in our midst. He wanted us to return to our first love. He wanted us to have encounter with him, the loving God. And so through our emphasis on returning to our first love, we, we sought to intentionally respond to our God. So from August to December of last year, we spent time focusing on what it means to, to put God first, to return to our first love, in, in remembering, in repenting, and renewing. And that was our theme for the fall of last year. And then we looked back over the year and we celebrated what the Lord had done in our young people. Our young people last year had an incredible camp. And then the Lord took it to a new level this year, didn't he? It was like, wow, go, God, go. And our children, you know, uh, if you're still not aware of it, our children's ministry and our youth ministries are reaching more than 100 children and youth on Wednesday nights. And the vast majority of them are not members of our church. We're having the privilege to impact lives and to sow into them the love of God. And so we had an incredible summer last year, just like this year. And God, God took our young people to a new level. And then he said, I'm not through with you yet. So this year he just kind of blew the top off and took it on to another level. That's, we prayed specifically for God to do that. We've been praying actually for years and years that we would see a breakthrough in the lives of our, our young people. Margaret Petrie, one of our staff people, said, you remember when the young people were here, they, 
they actually took over a service and gave testimony about what the Lord was saying. It was, it was exciting to hear their testimonies. And Margaret Petrie came back and said, we have been praying from our prophetic sheet. Again, remembering specifically what God has said to us, not so we're passive, but so we can pray into it, cooperating with him. We take those prophetic sheets, we pray them in this congregation. And one of the things is for God to light a fire and to bring renewal to the generations. And, and Jane came back from their youth camp and told us as the student ministries coordinator, she said, the Lord wants them to create a place and space for him. So we've been praying into that. You see, we've got a God who speaks. We've got a God who directs us. We, got a, we have a, a Lord who is leading us very, very well. And so we gave the Lord, we gave him our lives last year. We declared that 2019 was also the year of. How many of you are blessed with this allergy season? Isn't this exciting? Yeah. That's why Joshua's not here today. He's, he's suffering from the, uh, the Houston stuff. And so, um, Lord, by the way, we want to lift up, we not only want to lift up people dealing with cancers and dealing with serious injuries and illnesses, but Lord, we want to lift up people today that are dealing with colds and dealing with allergies. And Lord, we ask you to send a wave of healing. But right now, to everyone under my voice, to those online, to those who will be watching later, to the people in this room, to the young people up in kids' church, to the children in the nursery, Lord, we ask you to send a wave of healing through our body, through our community. Father, we recognize that in your kingdom's presence, in your throne room, there is no sickness sorrow, mourning, or pain. And Lord Jesus, you taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. So let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Lord, we stand with you against sickness and affliction. Whether it's considered big or small, we rebuke it in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you to flood our bodies with new strength, to flood our bodies with health. Lord, we're lifting up to you our friends, especially that are suffering from serious disease and attack. And oh God, we ask you to flood their bodies with resurrection power right now. God, would you crush cancer? God, would you crush lymphoma? God, would you crush the afflictions of organs shutting down? And would you speak life, life, life? Well, would you have mercy on us? Thank you that you're our healer. We bless the work of doctors, nurses, and the medical arts. But Lord, we say you're our healer, no matter what's used, whether it's a divine touch or the work of medical arts and medicines. We say thank you, and we ask you to heal. And we lift up all the people that are afflicted by COVID right now, including our president and the first lady, and we ask you to have mercy, and we ask you to heal. But we ask you to defeat this enemy of sickness. And we appeal and we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So actually back in 2018, uh, we were in a period of fasting. We did our global bridegroom fast in June of that year. And our apostolic friends, Apostle Mosi and Gloria Madaba, and as a matter of fact, they called the entire Minister's Prayer Network together to pray with us 
uh, in that season because there was such a gap between our current reality and the preferred future about what God was speaking for Calvary. They went to bat for us and they went to fight with us and they came to us with a prophetic word and said, we believe that you're under a spiritual attack right now that uh, the spirit of witchcraft had come against us, and we needed to respond as a congregation. So do you remember what we did last July and August? Last July and August, well, it was actually 2018, we spent seven days in worship, prayer, and warfare as a congregation, and we carried out prophetic acts during that time. Also, that word, not only that we needed to respond to the spiritual attack that was coming up against us, but there are other, two other aspects of that word that they gave us back in June of 2018. One was to host a conference here, and that eventually became our Propel Apostolic Conference, where Apostle Mosi and Pastor Steve ministered in March of 2019, and then declared 2019 to be the year of the Lord. And that sounded right to us. So we declared not only our word for, for the year was more, more of God, but we declared that this year is the year of the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. What does it mean to declare that this is the year of the Lord? Isaiah 61 verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the cities that have been ruined, that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you'll be called priests of the Lord. You'll be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. And instead of their shame, my people receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they'll rejoice in their inheritance. They'll receive a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. So the year of the Lord's favor is a phrase that Jesus quotes in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. When he launches out in his ministry, he quotes this passage from Isaiah and says, This is what the Spirit has anointed me to do, to heal the sick, to save the lost, to encourage the discouraged, to set the captives free. And he said, This is the favorable year of the Lord, or this is the year of the Lord's favor. So... This passage in Isaiah and, and Jesus' quote actually is picking up on the year of Jubilee that the Scripture references in Leviticus 25. It's, it's talking about Jubilee, and here's a summary of that from Pastor Steve from years ago when we looked at Jubilee. The year of Jubilee is a Sabbath principle. The Lord commanded the Jewish people to declare Jubilee every 50 years. Everyone goes back and gets their land back. Jubilee is a reset. It's about reclaiming what God has given. It involves restoration, 
restoring ourselves to the inheritance that God has proclaimed in us. And it includes renewing our hope in God and celebrating the goodness of our God. A few years ago, uh, I had a jubilee. I crossed that magic number. And as I was praying and asking the Lord, what does this mean? I wrote these words. The year of jubilee is a season of freedom, a season of restoration, a season of breakthrough, a season of renewal. So in remembrance, in declaring that 2019 was a year of the Lord, and in light of what the Lord said about returning to Him, and in light of that more of God series to return to our first love, think about it. Freedom, freedom from what? Freedom from cold love. Freedom from lethargy. Freedom from coasting. Freedom from passivity. It's also a year of restoration. Restoration of what? Restoration of fiery passion. We were actually meant to be people on fire for God. We weren't meant to just to be smoldering wicks, but God wants to cup His hand and He wants to blow in our lives with the presence of the Holy Spirit and He wants us a flame and a fire for Him. We weren't meant just to survive and get through. It's also a year of breakthrough into new depths of relationship with the Lord. And it's also a year of renewal, meaning the year of the Lord's about renewal. Renewal of what? Renewal of our first love, of doing or renewing what fuels a loving relationship with the Lord. When you look at what God's been speaking to us, that's encouraging. And we sought to respond. We, we sought to step in and to obey and get in on what He was doing. But then last year, that more of God and then he's speaking to us. He's speaking to us about, about experiencing him and returning to our first love. God began to, to get us on this track of drawing near to him. So we've been in a season of returning to our first love. Returning to our first love. That's the emphasis that God gave us. Starting from August through December, God gave us that desire. And I want to say, Calvary, we're still in that process. Amen? How many of us are fully restored to our first love. Good, there's no hands up. That's good. We're on a journey, right? None of us have arrived. And so we're on this journey of processing. God said, so as we prayed about this year of 2020, this word returned to your first love. We just couldn't let go of it. So we started a 21-day fast back in January. Remember that? Now, we had started fasting from August to December, and we thought, we'll take baby steps, we'll fast once a week, right? And so, you know, some of us on staff, you know, wanted to go back to like we did back in the day when we did 30-day fast and 40-day fast, but we've not done that in a while as a congregation, and we were afraid that some of you might die. And so, we decided, <laughs> let's, let's just take bite-sized piece of this, right? So, from August to December, we did a day of the week, just take, picking one day that worked for you to fast and to pray. But then we took kind of a, 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 a jump of faith in January, amen? Some of you said, you're asking us to do what? What? Yeah, 21 days. We can do this, right? And so we stepped out and launched out. Well, all of us except for a few of us, one of us in the room got their calendar messed up. And so she only did what she did, did January the 21st instead of the 21 days. And uh, that's a creative way to get around that, isn't it? I like that. But for those of us that did more, right, that did a little longer, it was, it was a chance to develop a new spiritual muscle, right? And you're going, what in the world does fasting have to do with growing your spiritual capacity? Listen, 
By saying no to food, we want to say yes to God. By saying, what we're saying is, Lord, we need you more than whatever it is we're fasting from. So for most of us, that's a big deal, right? Our stomach can be our God, right? It can lead us around. And so some of us fasted other things, but we did what we could do. And, and a 21-day fast. But you know, the Lord said, you, you're not there yet. So the word that he gave us for this year, remember the word that he gave us was, it's not just about more of me. It's not just about experiencing me and not just experiencing doctrine. It's not just about returning to your first love. But I want you to pursue deep intimacy and full partnership with Jesus. And so that's what the Lord spoke to us. Now think about that with this word called reset. Think about that. Has God not positioned us perfectly for this reset? Has God not got us right where he wants us? And I've had people tell me, well, you know, I would spend more time with God if I had more time. If I had the time, if, it was, if everything just shut down around me, I could do these spiritual practices. So how did you do? How'd you do? Well, for some of us, Netflix, Netflix took over our imagination, did it not? It filled our time. I mean, for some of us who are sports people, it was like the end of the known universe, wasn't it? Nothing was on in sports. They were replaying, they were replaying events from years back. Did God not give us an opportunity? And again, how did we do? So, Calvary, I want us to be encouraged. The reason why we're remembering what God has done is because He set us up. We didn't know what was coming, but He did. And He said, listen, I want to get you on track. And then what we discovered when we hit the pandemic, and when all the fear and all the anger and all the hatred and all the stuff got stirred up from all the stuff in culture, we, we got a good glimpse of ourselves, didn't we? And we go... I might not be as far along as I thought I was. And isn't that a good awareness? Amen? Just look at your neighbor right now and say, you just aren't anywhere near where you need to be. No, don't do that. That would not work. <laughs> I'm not where I want to be, right? The other day I was in a meeting and they asked, so how are you doing right now? And that day I'd been thinking about, I'd been thinking about our friends in hospitals that we can't visit. I'd been thinking about the people in the nursing homes that we can't visit. I'd been thinking about our church members that are stuck at home and, and because of health issues as the elderly, and they're stuck there, and they can't get out, and, and they can't interact for legitimate reasons, right? Because of, of their age. And the, I thought about all that, and I want you to know there is a ton of emotional pain right now in our culture. Emotional pain is real. We were not meant to be isolated and cut off, right? And so, unfortunately, the, as we were sharing around, uh, around that question, I got a tad bit triggered. And I just, I began to spew that. That pain was in me and that disappointment, that hurt. And I realized, okay, it's one thing to, to carry that burden, but it's another thing to move over into frustration and judgment, right? So none of us have arrived. But the good news is the Lord's saying, hey, you got a few more weeks and months to work on this. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad? 
Rick Burt's been telling us, hey, let's just pray a really simple prayer. Lord, let revival begin with me. Normally we're thinking, if revival's going to come, it's got to come through somebody else, and we'll name the Lord. Lord, would you touch them? Lord, would you help them? But this is our opportunity for reset. This is our chance to respond. So there's one word that's been consistently coming forth over the past six months or so, is that this is an opportunity to reset. So the question is, how are you and I doing with this opportunity? Are we just filling our time with what we want to? What's getting stirred up in our lives? Are we taking that and giving it back to the Lord and saying, Lord, I don't want to be like this. I want to be the way you want me to be. I want to show up the way you want me to show up. Or are we being led around by our noses by what media says or social media says or our own appetites and desires? This is a great opportunity. A great opportunity. And Calvary, the Lord has been speaking to us and he positioned us just perfectly for it because he's a good leader. Amen? And so, we're going to look at this reset. Why are we visiting reset? Why would we tackle this subject? Because we've not made it yet. We've not fully arrived, but we're going to work on it. Amen? And we're going to work on it together. And we're going to encourage one another. We're going to stir one another to love and to good deeds. God called us to return to our first love. He called us to return to our first love, and he gave us three words. He said, remember, repent, and renew. Remember what Jesus said? He said, remember the height from which you've fallen. So remember, remember what it was like when you were on fire for him. Can that be sustained? The answer is absolutely. Yes, in a marriage, when, when a young couple gets married, they've got this honeymoon fire, right? That newlywed fire. But you know, it can morph into to a, a, a strong, faithful, loving fidelity and passion for one another. It's expressed differently, but it's still fiery, passionate love. Amen? And so, remember the height from where you've fallen. Remember when Jesus called you by name. Remember when you had that encounter with him. Remember when he got your attention. Lord, I want to burn for you like that. Repent. He says, so remember the height from which you fall in Revelation chapter 2, and then repent. That just simply means, Lord, we turn to you. We say yes to you in our lives. We return to the Lord our God. Father, we embrace your kindness. We confess our sins. We repent and re receive your forgiveness and receive your mercies. And then renew. God tells us to renew our commitment to keep the first commandment first. And to, to engage in spiritual practices that will keep us tender before the Lord. The reason why we do regular spiritual practices as individuals, as a congregation, we do some daily, some weekly, some monthly. The reason why we do that is to hold our hearts before the Lord so that they'll stay on fire. So that we'll remove the illusion that God is absent. So many people live life like God isn't here. Spiritual disciplines, if you're practicing them relationally, will remove the illusion, will take away that falsehood, and you'll become aware of God being with us. And when you're doing one spiritual practice and it's not working anymore, don't stop your spiritual practices, just try some new ones. If you're bored with it, probably the Lord's bored with it. So try something else. This season, this season of reset, we can be encouraged because we have been hearing from the Lord. We can have hope because God is leading us into His purposes and into His future. And we can have faith that we can face anything 
Because of our intimate relationship with our God, He is the source of our wisdom, our strength, and our grace. So we can have encouragement, hope, and faith because our God. So today I want you to, in the midst of our remembering, I want you to take heart. I want you to take courage. I want you to be encouraged. So I challenge you this week. I invite you. I invite you to ask yourself this question. How am I doing with this opportunity of reset? How am I responding to this opportunity of reset? Amen? Would you please stand with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for leading us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for directing our lives. We are so, so grateful. Lord, today we have looked back. Lord, today we have remembered what you've been saying and doing in our midst. And it is so encouraging. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You told us to remember. Thank you that we have hope today because of your leadership. You are leading us and we testify you're a great leader. Thank you. You're leading us individually. You're leading us as a congregation. You're fulfilling your purposes and your plans. You said, I've, I've come to give you a future and a hope. Thank you. Thank you that through you and with you, we can face anything. Lord, I know some of us don't believe that, but we can face anything. I pray that for our friends that are online and on demand. I speak to you that with the Lord's help, you can face anything. I pray that for those of us in this room. Because of our intimate relationship with the Lord, that opens the door for God to pour into us. Lord, pour into us your wisdom, your strength, your grace for today and for tomorrow. Oh God, we're so grateful. Today we want to give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. We want to thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode from Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary Community Church, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com.